0: The night prior to my final day on the Pilgrim's Way London link had been loud and dramatic, thunderstorms rolled through for hours, lightning crashed, it pelted down, and I lay awake wondering if getting up and setting off on this walk was actually a good idea. The storm passed, I slept a while and groggily rose for my early train. The weather forecast was a bit uncertain as the weather continued to break. It was muggy and I was told to expect anything from torrential rain to sun in the low 30s later. I caught my too early a train and attempted to doze, difficult with a nearby chap shouting into his phone for an hour. Day 3 Dartford to Otford Having arrived at Dartford Railway Station it was still early enough in the morning to wander through quiet nondescript residential streets to arrive at the large park. There was no rain yet so I had to contend with the usual joggers, others swaying at Tai Chi, dog walkers and a couple of Lycra-clad individuals sweating profusely while personal trainers shouted at them. A typical park. I was on the lookout for a Sustrans portrait bench to one of Dartford's most famous sons, Rolling Stone Mick Jagger. I almost passed without noticing it as it was pretty poor, a small and an unremarkable rusting silhouette standing amidst some straggly weeds behind some temporary fencing. A founding member of just about the finest English rock band in history deserved better. I was now following the Darent Valley path beside the eponymous river. I left all behind me as the skies became grayer and rain began to steadily fall. Now hungry, I sat beneath a road bridge for shelter with traffic hammering overhead and enjoyed Quaker's golden syrup porridge to go, having it swell inside me with glugs of water. Always wise to drink plenty of fluids with these as I find they get a bit uncomfortable after a while if not. Or perhaps I eat too many. Sitting beneath a road bridge waiting for the rain to pass. It wasn't the best of halts as I was faced with poor graffiti opposite, bald banks and not a lot else. I left as soon as finished. It wasn't wet enough to trouble any waterproofs, so used my new gear addition this year—a trekking umbrella. This item being just about perfect for these conditions. Crossing Arable with a simple trekking umbrella to keep the majority of light rain off me. The day now started to improve. The rain went away. The skies cleared. The sun peered out, and the day just well got better. It wasn't much further to Duranth, even with a thundering great railway bridge overhead and a massive chimney poking its head above well-kept houses and offices. Any mid to heavy industry was long gone, and these Victorian remnants seem to now just slot into a modern land and townscape. Route passes beneath Ten Arch Bridge, built for the London, Chatham, and Dover Railway Company in 1860. Pretty Farningham. The third day on the Pilgrim's Way out of London passes through a series of pretty and interesting villages. Chimney at South Durenth, built 1881 for the paper mill, which closed in 2003. Leaving the village, the Pilgrim's Way rejoins the River Derwent, and gets prettier still. Shoals of small brown trout swam from my shadow and I kept stopping and trying to get photos of the abundant and beautiful banded Demoiselle. Walking beside the River Derwent. I had done a pretty good job of guessing my arrival time at Lullingstone. The Roman Villa is an English heritage site and in this coronavirus year, visitor numbers were limited and staggered. Free booking to a specific time slot was required and I had done this the previous evening. The Checkers Inn at Duranthe is partly Elizabethan. More importantly, it was closed. There is a series of pretty villages along this stretch of the river south Duranthe, Farningham, Ensford, Shoreham, and Outford follow each other, but I had my mind on another attraction, one I was booked into for midday. Banded Demoiselle, Calopteric Splendens climbing the slopes above Ensford. Heading on and down to Lollingstone. Having walked up and over the hills above Ensford and crossed the slopes below the Bird of Prey Center, Where vultures seem to regularly leave their handlers and fly off up the valley for a couple of days before being recaught, it is then a short drop down the hill to suddenly emerge beside covered Lullingstone Roman villa. I arrived five minutes before my time slot, booked in, applied hand sanitizer, mask on, and and enjoyed a fascinating hour exploring the home to successive families that lived here from around AD 100 to the 4th century, converting to Christianity in that time. Like so many places, it is build upon build, extension upon extension and the archaeologists have had a fine time trying to make sense of it all. It is an amazing sight and I had it almost to myself before emerging into startlingly bright sunlight and found a shaded spot outside for a simple early lunch of wraps and tuna. Page from my trail journal. Lollingstone Roman Villa. Lollingstone Mosaics. Bellerophon riding the winged pegasus, spearing the chimera a monster with lion's head, goat's body and the tail of a serpent. After my brief lunch stop it was back to the pilgrim's way. The day was now hot and fine. I stopped to chat to an old girl picking up rubbish from the street outside her house. She loudly confided that she was glad to be alive as the thunder and lightning the previous night almost did me in. A quiet traffic-free lane led me to Lullingstone Park. An area that is obviously popular with those in the know. There is really easy and level walking to be enjoyed here, through orchards, past hopfields and arable and then returning to the riverbank. The water is shallow and safe and as I neared Farningham, every gap in the bank's vegetation was occupied by a family. Rugs spread, the paraphernalia of a day out spread across it, adults ate their picnics while nippers no higher than your knee, paddled in the river in front, shrieking with excitement as they showed grasped bunches of dripping weed to their parents. It was lovely to see. Combine. Gatehouse to Lullingstone Castle. Hopfields. Families on the River Darren. This near to the nearby village there was not enough space to go round and social distancing between families was unrealized. The unique and ornate brick-built cattle screen at Farningham was built 1740-1770 and was intended to stop cattle straying down the river when crossing the fort. Door knocker Otford. It wasn't long before I reached Otford. This is a larger village than those passed since leaving Dartford this morning. The early Saxon settlement has a rich history, and the center of the village is a conservation area. Even the village pond is scheduled as a listed building. It was a short walk along the high street to Station Road. I was now on the main Pilgrim's Way that stretches between Winchester and Canterbury. But that will have to wait until, hopefully, next year. Instead I dropped down right to enter the railway station with just a 10-minute wait for my 12.59 train with a number of changes to be made on the way home. I had walked 13.67 miles with a modest 839 feet of ascent. Darent Valley Path, Approaching Otford And that was the end of my Pilgrim's Way London link. I had walked 35.07 miles over three days since leaving Southwark Cathedral. Yes, it could be walked quite easily over two days but three gives time to enjoy some of the interesting features encountered along its length. Each day is an improvement on the one before and if walking the 138 miles of the main route, I would suggest that the London link definitely also be included for it offers a great flavor of what the pilgrim experienced when they left the capital and walked into the country and onward though they were denied some of what I had relished most the Kosowski Mosaic, Lesnes Abbey, Lonelystone Villa and quiet woodland walking and river paths. Day 1, Southern Cathedral to Welling. Day 2, Welling to Dartford. Day 3 on the Pilgrim's Way out of London follows the River Darent for much of the time. Either on its banks or on the gentle slopes just above it, as here, approaching Farningham. Three Points of the Compass does not always blog on the trails walked. Links to those that have been covered can be found here.